five beautiful children, three boys and two girls. Well, that about sums it up, because you can imagine there's no time or room for anything else. I'm kidding. But let's begin it by me saying that it's an extreme pleasure to be here with you all this morning. Will you join me as we begin with a word of prayer? Dear gracious and heavenly Father, we are so very grateful for the opportunity to gather together in worship in your name. We ask that you fill this place with your presence and let us come with open hearts and minds to your word in which we are about to receive. Lord, I ask that you speak through me so that others will have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a mouth that leads others to you. In your most precious and holy name we pray. Amen. I would like to begin by posing a question. Now, what I'm about to ask you might make you uncomfortable. It could rehash some feelings of shamefulness, anger, resentment, depression, sadness to a whole list of emotions. But I want you to stop and think back to the darkest moment of your life. Who knows? It could be unfolding for some of you right at this very moment. Some of you might feel like you're unable to escape it. Maybe you're faced with the reality of its horrors with every waking day. A dark cloud looming. You can't outrun it. You can't hide from it. And you can't pretend as if it's not happening or that that part of your life didn't happen. But I want you to take a second. Stop and think about the darkest moment of your life. As I'm looking out, I see some facial expressions changing, some body language changing. It's an, an easy topic for all of us, but the darkest moment of your life, maybe it's dealing with the loss of a loved one, the end of a relationship, a diagnosis, a sickness, a disagreement with someone close, loss of employment, addiction, divorce, abuse, abandonment, oppression, Loneliness, finances, acceptance, being the victim of an unspeakable tragedy to a whole list of things. But the question I pose to you is how did you react in this darkest moment? How did you react? Holy Week is a time where we reflect on where we are broken. A time where we must wrestle with our darkest moments. As we come to the end of Holy Week, we find ourselves today as what is known as Monday Thursday. Monday Thursday is a day of a reflection on the Last Supper where Jesus and the disciples partake in the last meal together. Let's take a look together at what the Gospels have to say about Monday Thursday and the extremely important events that took place around it. Scripture tells us that Jesus instructed Peter and John, two of the disciples, to go ahead into the city and make arrangements and prepare for the meal. Peter and John faithfully obeyed. They went into the city and they were taken to the synagogue, or what we know as the upper room. They found everything as Jesus had said and prepared the meal. Here, we find Jesus preparing to spend his last meal with the disciples. You see, Jesus knew his darkest moment was near. Yet he planned to intentionally spend time 
with the disciples and took the time to plan out every single detail. Think about it. As human beings, would you worry with planning a party if you knew that you were about to come face to face with your darkest moment? Some of us would probably want to be taken care of, catered to, or some of us would probably pull out the old bucket list, travel around the world, check, jump out of a plane, check, learn to surf, check, join the circus, check, or run and hide, check, check, check. But you see, Jesus selflessly chose to invest what time he had left to the disciples. So Jesus and the rest of the disciples arrived later that evening. As they were sitting around the table eating, Jesus gets up from the table and proceeds to wash the disciples' feet. You see, Jesus was teaching the disciples how to behave. It was a display of his humility, his servanthood, and love. Jesus went on to give a new commandment to the disciples to love one another as I have loved you. In the midst of his anguish, his darkest hour, he is still their teacher and their Lord. As they started to eat, Jesus begins to tell the disciples of what was to come. He told of how one of the disciples would betray him and also how he must die as the prophets declared a long time ago. Jesus was telling them about his impending journey to be crucified. You can imagine how confused this made the disciples. They didn't understand what he was saying and they were afraid to ask. We can only imagine that some of the disciples were probably thinking, well, that's depressing. We all have to die. Why are we talking about it and dwelling on it? Most of the disciples were confused and grief-stricken at Jesus' words and scared for him and themselves. Now we find ourselves at a transformative and momentous moment. While they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread and after blessing it, he broke it into pieces, gave it to them and said, take, this is my body. Then he took a cup of wine and after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, this is the blood of my covenant poured out for many. He was giving them, us, a way to remember his sacrifice and to experience his presence, to remember his ultimate gift to us and to receive Christ's blessings and grace that he gained through his ultimate sacrifice. Jesus go on, goes on to tell them that he will never drink again, drink from the fruit of the vine until the day when he drinks a different kind from the kingdom of God. The meal concludes with Jesus' prayer of God's will remain present in the world and the community's life will be shaped by his love. After this remarkable moment, Jesus, with Jesus, they sang a hymn and headed out to the Mount of Olives. Jesus tells the disciples, all of you will desert me. For God has declared through the prophets, I will kill the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. But after I'm raised to life again, I will go before you in Galilee and meet you there. Now here we find Peter adamantly disagreeing with Jesus. Jesus Peter tells Jesus he will never desert him no matter what the others do. But Jesus goes on, oh, but Peter, 
You'll deny me three times. Not one, but three. Now we see Peter explode. No, not even if I have to die with you. I'll never deny you. And all of the others vowed the same. So they finally arrive at an olive grove called the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus instructed the disciples to sit and stay while he goes to pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him and began to be filled with horror and the deepest of distress. Mark 14, chapter 34. Mark chapter 14, verse 34, that's important. And Jesus said to them, My soul is crushed by sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and watch with me. Can you imagine someone coming to you saying their soul is crushed? That's a powerful and heart-wrenching statement, my friends. Someone is in excruciating pain. He was sharing his feelings with his closest friends, the disciples, and asking them to be there for him. So Jesus went out a little further and fell to the ground and prayed that if it were possible that this hour might pass from him. He said, Father, Father, for you all things are possible. Remove this cup from me. Yet, not what I want, but what you want. Think about this for a moment. We as human beings being faced with our darkest moment would probably be filled with fear, anxiety, and great sadness. We would probably be plotting our next move, maybe even our revenge. But Jesus stood fast in his faithfulness and told his Father, your will, not mine. That's a powerful statement, a testament to Jesus' love and dedication to his Father. So, as Jesus returned to the three disciples and found them asleep, Jesus said, Peter, are you asleep? Could you not keep awake for one hour? Keep awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And Jesus went again and prayed, repeating his pleadings. After he returned to Peter, James, and John and found them sleeping, for they were very tired, their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to say to Jesus. Now, we find Jesus going off for a third time to pray. The Gospels speak of Jesus' faithfulness to God, God's will, being fully embraced in strenuous prayer. In the midst of his darkest trial in overwhelming circumstances, it tells us in the midst of his anguish, his prayer was so intense that his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. So the third time he returned to them and said, are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Enough. The time has ended, the hour has come, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of the wicked men, the sinners. Get up. We must go. My betrayer is here. 
You see, Monday Thursday was the beginning of the darkest moment for Jesus, his impending death. Scripture often records Jesus saying, my hour has not yet come. But on Monday Thursday, Jesus clearly knew the fulfillment of his Father's will had come. Jesus' entire human life anticipated this very moment, and through it all, Jesus continued to emotionally invest and love the disciples in the midst of his agonizing pain. Jesus could have reacted to his darkest moment by giving up, running away, hiding, plotting his revenge, or he could have made the decision to save his own skin, but he clearly didn't. We find ourselves collectively living in a very scary time, a time of politics, war, arguments, hate, a pandemic, and even death. How we react to our darkest moment matters, my friends. We must find a way to shed light into the darkest moments because if you are overtaken by that moment, your misery and hate will kill us all. This week, I challenge you to be aware of the way you react. Are you reacting from a place of anger, fear, resentment, or are you reacting the way Jesus did, in love? Take time to reflect and be in the moment with others because moments like these are fragile, my friends. I want you to stop and ask yourself, what would Jesus do if he were here in my place? How did he react to the darkest moment ever recorded in history? He reacted from a place of love. Will you join me as we close in a word of prayer? Gracious and loving God, forgive us for not controlling our reactions in our darkest moments. When we get frustrated or tired, we react in the flesh instead of in the spirit, and we know that it hurts us and those around us. Lord, help us to always walk in the spirit and to control our reactions as Jesus did in his darkest times and to react from a place of love. In your most precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, Laura. Uh, and I want to tell you, you are a good preacher. Uh, you really are. And, uh, and I'm so glad that God has called you that way. I'm glad that you're here, and I hope you'll stay around. We are having lunch upstairs, and uh, you, we want you to join us. It's $5 for lunch, and, and the, uh, the elevator is right out here in the stairs, and just go up on the second floor, and you'll see uh, some people that will direct you there, and we hope that you'll join us around the table uh, for some lunch. And let me dismiss uh, us and say the blessing at the same time so you'll be prepared to go through the line when you get upstairs, all right? God, thank you for the, the word that has been given to us today. It's bread for our souls and help us to receive it that way 
and to ponder it as we go throughout the rest of this day and throughout the rest of this Holy Week. We thank you for your gifts and for your calling on Laura. We thank you for the food that has been prepared for us and for the fellowship we'll have around the table. And we pray your blessings on all of that in Jesus' name. Amen.